Enterprising in my surroundings I'm finding the quietest estates these days This representation of storm brewing Amazed that the focus remains The vocal focal point of my change Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast I'm your host, Matt Chittam And this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there Who are working hard to get better While balancing running with the rest of their lives I'm so t- excited for today's episode That I can't even I can't even talk straight That's how excited I am It's with Molly Bookmeyer Molly was on the show a couple years back She's absolutely fantastic, a uh, an elite runner who has endured so many things, uh, two brain surgeries, her significant other has battled cancer, and here she is kicking butt after two stress fractures, after having uh, one of the best Basically, one of the best performances of her life comes back two stress fractures leading into the Olympic trials and the marathon, something that she was so excited for and things just kind of got weird for. And I'm so excited to talk to her, not only as like a follow up of what we'd already talked about in the past, but who doesn't love a comeback story? So let's get into this conversation with Molly Bookmeyer. Molly, welcome back to the show. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to have you back on the show. This is really exciting. <laughs> we always have like a little chat before the before the podcast starts. Not you and me every time, but every time I have a guest on, we go through, hey, this is how it's going to work, and here's how the technology works. And you just have like the funniest line. You're like, oh my God, I got to talk to Matt again. I might get hurt again. Um, I'm, I didn't realize I was the jinx of the running world. I, got, I might have to look up for a, a new, a new, you know, uh, a, a new work plan here. Well, I hope no. It was just one of the, it was a thing when uh, you reached out, that's what I said to my husband. I said, oh, the last time I talked to Matt, that was like the start of some injury cycle. So, uh, <laughs> but luckily I'm in a lot better spot right now. So, um, knock on wood, that's not going to happen. All right. So, has everyone heard that? That was me <laughs> knocking on my desk. Um, no, we're, we're here to, we're here to bury that, bury the injury hatchet. It's over with. It's over, baby. Um, last time you were on the show, we had it was a great. This was one that was it was beloved. I know you were on Allie's show, Allie Feller's show, a couple months after mine. It was it was kind of similar in terms of Molly Bookmeyer is amazing. What she has overcome in her life is awesome, and everyone needs to know about this. And that's why you were such a popular guest. And I'm excited to have you back on because as much as that first episode was kind of a comeback story in so many ways and in dramatic ways, um, and this one is. You know, also another comeback story, maybe less dramatic than the first one, right? There's no surgeries and cancer involved necessarily, but you have a lot of other things that have been going on. And I'm so excited to chat with you. I guess let's pick up with the most recent thing that happened. You just had a great weekend last weekend. Yeah, I um, ran a local four mile race um, and it went really well. I I had a lot of training, um, like this spring I was working with James, uh, from McCurdy trained a lot and we were working to do some, um, big races on the track and I just didn't have a lot of opportunities. So I wanted to find some, um, opportunities that I could race on the road that were similar distances. And so, um, there was a local four mile race about two hours away. And so, yeah, it went well. I ran, uh, four miles and I hit my goal. So yeah, was it 2042? Was that the time? Yeah, I think 2043. Okay, yeah. So how did how did that time? I mean, there's not a lot of races that are that distance. So it is just like historically, you don't you don't have like a lot of four milers probably in the in the archives of uh, of uh, you know the the Bali, the Molly Bookmeyer uh, online archives of race times. So how did this not only relate to your current fitness and how you were excited about it, but compared to you know when you were at like your peak fitness in the past, how this kind of compares to that? 
Yeah, so I would say, I mean, I PR'd in the 5K on my way to the four mile. So Hey now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I would say, I mean, I definitely um I would say right now I feel like I'm the fittest that I've ever been, especially in the shorter distances. Um, I never really did a lot of like speed work before. I always focused more on uh, longer efforts and I ran in college, but I wasn't, I wasn't a superstar in college. So, um, yeah, so it, I mean, I feel like I'm super fit right now and everything is kind of clicking and, um, so it went well. I love that. So we're going to set the stage for like, okay, this is where you are. Cause we're going to go back in time a little bit now, but everyone knows. Hey, we know how this story ends, so we you know we're gonna come around to some really good stuff here. Um, last time we talked, you you had qualified for the Olympic trials and the marathon, and you were pumped, right? You were super psyched about this. Why wouldn't you be, right? Not only is that an enormous achievement, but you'd overcome a lot to get there. Um, in the lead up to the trials, can you kind of bring us through the the, the rest of that story in terms of what happened leading into the trials, uh, and ultimately um, kind of push you off the starting line? Yeah, so I qualified. Um, I ran my time in um, at the Houston Marathon in 2019, and then I had a really good spring season in 2019. I ran like a 113 and a half, and um, I ran the 25K Champs, which was like my first ever U.S. Road Racing Championship race, and I placed third. So I was really and we talked like right after that. That was yeah. like this huge accomplishment. Yeah. So I was super pleased, and I was feeling uh, really good. Um, but then I, the last race that I ran was Peachtree, uh, which is July 4th. Um, and I was, um, you know, training for a couple weeks afterwards and I started to feel like just pain, like in my, um, it was like one run. I went out on a run and I ended up having to like walk home and I probably walked home like three, three miles, um, just like limping and it was like super painful. And I didn't know what happened. Um, and I tried to run, um, like an ultra G for a couple of weeks. Um, and it just wasn't getting better. Um, so I finally went to, uh, the doctor and got some scans and I found out that I had a sacral stress fracture, um, which was like a huge bummer because I was like feeling super fit and I just had a really strong season and, um, I had some big plans for the fall. Um, and that made me kind of drop out of everything. All right. So for people who aren't aware, what exactly is a sacral stress fracture? It's kind of like it's in like your butt, I think, (laughs) (laughs) like kind of like your tailbone area um, on like your left side. I'm not a doctor, but that's where it hurt. Like it hurt down kind of in like my um, like where my piriformis and stuff is. And I've had issues with my piriformis muscle before. So at first I thought it was that, but um, it's like the, the bottom, like in your hip area, tailbone area. And were they able to tell you why that had happened? Um, no. I mean, I got like, uh, at the time I got scans of like my bone density and everything came back normal. Like everything, all the tests that I did, everything came back normal. Um, and we can get into this later, but uh, now I know that my vitamin D was really low at the time. But when I like had all my blood work done at the time, nobody told me that where my vitamin D came back at was low. They told me it was normal. Um, but fast forward to now, uh, when I get my blood work done, if it came back at the level it was at now, uh, James and some other people would say that it was like way too low for somebody training at the level I was trying to train at. That's a great point, you know, in terms of analyzing blood work for someone in relation to what they're trying to do, right? So there's like societal norms 
in terms of like, hey, there's, this is like the average or the median levels or whatever. But obviously, when someone's putting their body, no matter what sport they're doing, right, if they're putting their body to the test, that can mean different things in terms of uh, where there's where these levels need to be. And that's such an interesting point. And I, I've heard a lot of coaches talk about that, too, that like when they've had their athletes get tested, it has to be much more than, hey, this is normal for another person because it can be so individualized and just heightened for someone like yourself. Yeah, I mean, I think it was like, because uh, I remember I got, it, my vitamin D was like at 24, um, which I think was like on the low spectrum of like for a normal uh, person going to the doctor. But I think as athletes, we need to have higher levels. And so um, now I know that that was too low. So I think that was probably a contributing factor. But other than that, um, everything else, I had came back normal. So what kind of rehab is required for a sacral stress fracture? So I basically just had to stay off of it completely because it's like, I mean, in your hip controls everything that you do, right? Like it's like walking and like sitting was kind of uncomfortable. Um, I mean, I once I was able to, I started biking a lot. So um, I would do like bike workouts and stuff after a while and like slowly build back up. Um, But I think for like the first six to seven weeks, I just didn't do anything, which was really hard. So even sitting hurts? (laughs) Like, what were you, what what was like a comfortable position? Like, here you are, you can't run, but you can't sit either? Yeah, it was just like, it was just like everything. I mean, um, because it's like you, you're thinking about it, like it's on your, it's in your, like your butt. So if you're sitting and you're like walking is uncomfortable, like it was just, everything was just uncomfortable. Um, and I think that was like, what was so defeating about the injury too. It's not like I couldn't get on crutches, um, really because like every, everything that you do is kind of in your hips. Um, so yeah, it was not a fun injury. It was super, (laughs) super hard to overcome. And what did that mean for work? So I have like a a kind of a crazy story. So um, I decided at the time when I was doing well that spring that I wanted to uh, focus a little bit more on running. And so I was working like full time um, at a company called DSW, like the shoe company. Um, And then I wanted a little bit more flexibility. So I just started working at a local running store where I had to. So then I was like on my feet all all the time. And so I that did not work. Um, and I ended up deciding to go back into, uh, like the retail world and, uh, work full time again. And so then I got a job as, a, uh, I did like planning, like forecasting and planning, um, at, uh, it's called justice. It's like the little girl store. I don't know if you have daughters or not, but I do. Yeah. Yeah. They have, it's like little, little girl clothes and, uh, like pink and I don't know, fun things like that. All right. So, like, were you able, this is like, so you weren't able to really, obviously you can't stand, you can't move around, can't sit down. <laughs> this is like, all I imagine is like someone who's like basically like lying down, like on their belly, just kind of like head up, just kind of looking at the TV. Like, I'm trying to think of like the different things you could do while you're in that, like that six week period, which must have been just incredibly frustrating because not only are you in this weird position of like, I can't get comfortable, I don't want to irritate this injury, but you were the maybe the fittest you'd ever been when this occurred? Yeah. I mean, it was super frustrating. And I was supposed to run. um, I was like planning on running the New York City Marathon uh, that fall, um, which was like huge for me. Like I, I never, I've never run a major marathon before. So this was gonna be my first major marathon. Um, 
And like I had to drop out of that. I just had to drop out of everything, which was like just it was hard. Like it was like probably um, like I've gone through other. So I've gone through other health issues before, um, but I always found running as my like kind of saving grace where I could go and run and use it to like think through things. Um, but I couldn't run through this one. And so that was just really tough mentally. Oh, my gosh. I can imagine. So once that initial six-week period came to a close and you were able to start being a little bit more active, what was it like getting back into it with, you know, still on the, you know, obviously you had these fall races that you originally planned on being in, but the Olympic trials were still, you know, several months away and something that you'd been working towards as well. So what was it like trying to get back into the mix where you could make that potentially a reality? Yeah, so I started running maybe... Um, I don't even remember, maybe like November um, and just like slowly, slowly building. But I live in Ohio and I train in Ohio. So the most difficult thing about training, the trials were in February and I work. So like the hardest piece of it was trying to um, get, it's always hard to train in the winter in Ohio because, you know, you leave work at five, it's dark, it's snowy, it's icy. And so I do a ton of training on the treadmill Um, So I started doing um, like building back up slowly on the treadmill um, when I could. And then I and I think I built up, I think by like January, maybe I was running like 60 to 70 miles. Um, And at the time, like obviously before I got um, the sacral, I was hoping to have like a really great race at the trials. But at this point, I just really wanted to make it to the starting line healthy. Um, So it's more just about building back and doing some longer uh, threshold runs on the weekends. Um, but unfortunately, um, I ended up pushing it like a little bit too far. And, um, what really the two, literally like the week of the trials. And like, I think it was like, I, we were supposed to leave on like Thursday on like that Tuesday, like the week before I started walking around work and I was like, in a lot of pain again, like a lot of pain again. Um, and I remember like going to my manager and I couldn't walk. Um, and I thought like, I was like, just gonna, like, I took some Advil and I thought everything was gonna be fine. Um, but I ended up same thing. And I, I think I knew it this time. Um, cause when I like started driving to the doctor to get MRI, I like started crying. So I went to the doctor and get an MRI. And then I found out, um, like the week of the trials that I ended up getting a, um, femoral neck stress fracture um, on my left side, which was the same side that the sacral stress fracture was on. Um, so that kind of took me out of the trials completely. Oh, Molly, such a bummer. And I remember reading, I, I went back in time in preparation for this podcast, but at the time I remember, you know, someone who follows you and been paying attention to what you've been doing, how you had like these posts on your social media, like in the week, two weeks leading in, like, oh, I'm so excited to race and here's how we progress. And I came back from my stress fracture and here I am and I'm so excited to do this and then like you had that post of like I'm not running just found out <laughs> and it was like a month later like hey still not running uh, and it was like I was like oh my god like what what happened and when you look back now it's been over a year obviously um can you point to certain things that were either systemic issues with your running or things that maybe like you weren't doing enough strength training or eating the right way or or anything that you could look at root causes that could allow you to kind of move forward so that this, these types of injuries aren't going to continue to plague you. 
So I think the biggest thing, again, is the vitamin D. So um, I like now I take a supplement and I get my blood work done pretty regularly to make sure my vitamin D is uh, at a high enough level. Um, and then I think it's just like I know building back, like even when I started working um, with my coach now, James, like we didn't even do workouts until my vitamin D got to a high enough level. Um, so the only thing that I can really think um, for both of them together was uh, that my, even like my calcium was fine. Everything else was fine. It was just that my vitamin D was too low. Um, and then I think I tried to come back too quickly from my sacral to try to run a marathon. So I think if I were to do it again, like, I probably pushed it too much. And um, I don't know, I, I'm i the type of person who likes to work hard. And so I always am like more, more, more. And I probably should have just been a little bit more patient. Yeah. And that's that can be so tough, right? Because like after those injuries, it feels like you've waited forever, right? <laughs> like it feels like two weeks for someone not running can feel like, man, this, this, this is never ending. I'm never going to be able to run again. Um, and it's so easy to look back kind of with 2020 vision after the fact, be like, oh, I might have come back too soon at the time. Um, when you were going through it the first time, did it feel like you were coming back too early or did you feel like in the moment that things were progressing the way um, that they should? I think there was like maybe in January when I started hitting, I started hitting some big workouts again, like really good workouts. And I think I remember thinking like, ooh, <laughs> Like, maybe I am pushing it a little bit too hard. Um, but, like, you know, I never really had a ton of injuries before. And so I didn't I didn't know what to level it out at. So knowing that, all right, so the maybe the, the incomplete recovery from the first injury, just by a smidge, it sounds like, may have led to the second injury. What was the recovery process like the second time around? obviously with the hopes of, all right, we don't want this to happen again. And under the guise of like, there aren't a lot of races going on in 2020. So yeah, it's not as if there was maybe this external pressure that the trials would have put on you the second time around. Yeah. So I think the second time I took it like even slower. So, I mean, I still, I think I took, um, six weeks off running completely. And then I started biking and then I started building back running, but I started with like a walk jog, uh, like or walk jog run, like build back a little bit more. Um, and then I kept my mileage pretty low for like a long time and I didn't do any workouts. Um, so I didn't push the pace at all. I just did like easy, uh, miles pretty much like all summer. Um, and then I decided, um, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> And so I always had like when I was running in 2019, I had like some really good mentors help me um, and they I mean, I love them. They were great and they helped me develop to where I got. Um, but I felt like I needed a little bit more guidance of how to continue like to progress so I don't get injured again. And I come back from um, this next like come back uh, from my second stress fracture, healthy, and able to compete at a high level. So then I reached out to find a coach to help guide me through the recovery a little bit more. Can we talk about how someone at your level finds a coach, right? And it's different than, you know, like, so I, I coach a lot of runners through McCurdy Trained, right? And most of them are 
people like myself, like dedicated amateur runners who have, you know, very important goals for them, but they're not trying to, you know, be, you know, one of the best runners in America, right? There's more like for them, it's more personal goals as opposed to competition type goals like you've had, right? Um, so when you're looking at, okay, I want to find a coach who can get me to the next level or maybe even a level beyond that and to do so in a healthy way. What are some of the things that you would do to try to find someone that would fit the criterion and also would be a good fit for you just on a personal level? Yeah, so I reached out to a couple of different people. I think, um, so I know myself pretty well. And so I, when I was looking for a coach, like I don't need somebody to hold me accountable to get my runs in, to get my workouts in, to push myself. I need somebody to kind of help guide me. Um, and I wanted to feel like I was a priority to my coach. Um, I know like, um, like going back again, like I loved all the mentors I had, but, um, they had full-time like careers and families and they were spending, so they didn't have a ton of time to dedicate to, um, my development. So I wanted to find somebody where, um, like I live in Ohio, I'm not moving to, uh, at the time, like I wasn't planning on moving to train with the team. So I wanted somebody, if they were going to be a virtual coach for me, who still made me feel like, um, I was important and they could dedicate the time, um, to make sure that I could get to the places that I wanted to go. And then, um, yeah, just, I think for me, the biggest thing is just like support and being able to uh, talk through issues that I'm having. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're talking a lot about how you rebounded physically from, you know, the, these these injuries. But the other side of this is just like the mental and emotional side, right? Because you have, you know, getting through these kinds of recoveries can be so frustrating, especially for someone who's has this as like a central part of their life. What has been the What's the emotional side look like for you, not only in terms of, you know, getting through those injuries, but then here we go again. Like we're trying to ramp it up in 2021 and get you back up to the levels that you were in spring of 2019. And and that sometimes can't isn't necessarily a linear process. Yeah, it was very hard. I mean, it's like super um, it's super hard to come back like it's not. It's not easy because you hold certain expectations for yourself. You hold expectations in workouts. You hold expectations for races. Um, and I think it's hard to let those expectations go, even though you might know like, hey, I haven't raced in you know, a year and a half. I can't come back and expect my first race to be the best race that I've ever had. Um, although we all secretly want that to happen. It's not, it's not going to happen. <laughs> right, we have, we have um, like the three, the things that we tell other people yeah. and then the things that we actually tell ourselves and believe in those, in those right. moments. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, like I, uh, I know I, um, I had my first race back was a half marathon in January in Vegas. So I like flew all the way from Ohio to Vegas and like the day before and I tried to race a half marathon the next morning and it was like, it just did not go well. And it was not even like, I mean, my time wasn't great, but like I also just felt like horrible. <laughs> and so I think it's like one of those things where, yeah, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to accept that like it does take time to come back because I mean I do too. I look at other people and some people come back and they run these races and it looks like they um, it's so easy for them, right? But I think for everybody it's a struggle mentally to um, get back into the racing mindset. Right. I mean, you basically had like a year of injury related recovery. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my last, the last race I ran before January of 2021 was July 2019. So it was a long time since I, since I raced. Yeah. So it was, and then it's just like, you know, you compare yourself and, um, what am I doing on the start line with these other women? And, um, it's hard. I mean, I, I do it. I think a lot of people do it. It's hard to not, uh, let those thoughts creep in. Right. Cause I mean, obviously you know, both sides of it, right? I'm assuming like part of you is like, all right, like I, this is my first race in a while. Like, I'm not, th- th- I'm probably not going to PR today. Or, like, I know what my training is. I know how that compares. You probably can go into it with certain expectations that are grounded in the current moment. But then it's all, I, I, I'd love to hear how, how this works for you. But for so many people, like, it's like you can have like two, like two sides of your brain. Like, you have the side that thinks that, and then you have the side where it's like, but what about this? And what about this? And like the, the almost like the prejudging of the of the effort and the, the hopes of what it what it may be or could be um can oftentimes like have no connection to, to 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 how we if we were like looking at someone else's training who done exactly what we had done how we would have analyzed that situation yeah it's i mean i think it's like whenever you talk to like a friend you're always like it's okay it's gonna be your first race back like you know you talk to them differently and then you talk to yourself and you hold yourself to different standards and i mean i think that's why you know people get to certain levels like i need i want to hold myself to certain standards right because i want to be the very best that i can ever be um but sometimes you need that friendly voice to be like it's okay Oh my gosh. I, know. I was talking to one of my athletes who's actually been on the show, Marie Maldonado, who is fantastic. And she can be hard, she, she can be hard on herself in a very similar way. And she has a daughter who runs cross country. I'm like, what would you tell your daughter if, if she had gone through what, what you're, what we're talking about right now? She's like, oh, I would say this, 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 and this. I'm like, okay, well, you, you just look in the mirror and say the same thing because it's the same issue. It's the same thing. And just be kind to yourself the way you'd be kind to another person. It really is so similar oftentimes, um, for so many people. But with all of that said, here you are, you come back, right? You're, you're back into the mix and, and you also, you have this race on Vegas. It doesn't go the way you wanted. Um, but when you had that experience, was it something that you could push past pretty quickly? Cause you're all of a sudden you're at least, Hey, you, at least you've been on the starting line or was it kind of like a mental setback for you? I think it was okay. Um, I think, like, I learned a lot of lessons, um, not even from, like, racing, but, um, I mean, I traveled, like, nine hours the day before the race, or I don't know if it was, I think it was, like, because there used to be direct flights to Vegas. There were no direct flights. There were layovers, and um, I will never try to travel that far on a plane ride the night before, and then, like, a three-hour time difference. So all those stu- all those things that, you know, planning ahead for races that we typically do, I didn't do any of those things. So I kind of... Um, learned those lessons pretty quickly. Like, I don't think I can do all this the day before and work full time and like then come to a race and expect to perform well. I need to give myself um, a little bit, a little bit of a break so I can prepare the way I need to prepare uh, to be ready to uh, get into the mindset to race. Um, but unfortunately, I ended up having, we, I decided to run um, like a track 10K in February. Um, and things that went well is that I was like, the travel and stuff went a little bit better. But um, I got really sick after that race. So that was like, it was like two bad races in a row that kind of um, made me feel not great about um, my race fitness, um, even though workouts were going well. 
And what did this do for your sense of self at this point? Because now you're encroaching on like almost like two years where, where racing hasn't been going the way you wanted or at all. Running, just training hasn't quite hit where you want it to be. Maybe it's a little bit better uh, in that moment, but it hasn't necessarily manifested itself on the race course for a variety of different reasons. Um, what did that mean for your sense of self as so, as someone who views themselves as a runner and who's put so much time and effort into this over an extended period of time? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I question a lot of, like, why do I spend so much time um, – and like putting myself out there so often um, when things are not clicking, um, you know, it's I think running is something that I always will love. Um, and then I think I started questioning a lot about like, why do I keep trying to compete at this high level? Like, am I even capable again of competing at this high level? Um, but then I always go back and remember like, OK, you know, um, when I ran my for in 2019, like I, um, I only started training hard, like in really in 2018. So like it only, I was able to get to a high level in such a short period of time. So it's like, if I can get to such a short, a high level in such a short period of time, then coming back from what I came back from at that time, I feel like I could do it again. Um, and so, and my husband is like super supportive, which is nice. Um, and so at that time, I was trying to find something that would get me excited, and we decided, like, get off the track. Like, I don't – the track plays, like, I don't know. Running a 10K on a track, that's, like, a lot of laps. <laughs> and I never – I never did a 10K on a track before. So, like, I was, like, I need to find a race back on the roads. I love the half marathon. The half marathon is my favorite distance. And so um, I – reached out, I told James, my coach, that I wanted to do a half marathon. And there was one in Ohio um, that was around like in April. Um, but then we also found one in uh, Nebraska that was in April. And so I said, it was like probably three weeks before the race. And I just said, I want to run a half marathon. Um, and so we got me into this half marathon with not even training for a half marathon, just to like get my confidence back into something that I was excited to do. Talk about the difference there, right? Because there's, so, there's someone like yourself, obviously, during the COVID era, it's different, but there's a lot of races that you can enter. And from a race selection standpoint, how important have you found it to be in terms of picking races, not just distances, but races themselves that you are really excited about versus ones that you feel like they just kind of have to do it just because of like, that's like the gravity of uh, the situation, or there's just certain like obligations, not even like, mandatory but like there's just sort of like implied obligations that you're going to be running in certain races at certain times so i think there's different times to do different things right like i think this spring i needed something that like was going to get me moving in the right direction and for me that's something that i needed to feel like passionately about some race that i like a distance that i feel confident in um there i love racing on the roads just something that could get me like pointed in the right direction um I think other times, like, we, you know, you got to race. You got to put yourself out there. You're not always going to want want the result. Um, they, it might feel uncomfortable. Um, and you might not always feel ready, but, like, you have, you just have to put yourself out there. And I think there's a time and place for that, too. And you um, might be nervous for those. But I think other times, like, for me, this spring, I needed a confidence booster. And for me, a confidence booster is, like, the half marathon. That's my favorite distance or something on the road. Um, and so we found something that fit 
check those boxes. Now, so many of us who've gone through injuries, and this is something that is universal. <laughs> so, like, I forget, I think it was Benjamin, Megan, and David Roach on their podcast. They were talking about like running injuries, and someone was like, "I don't feel like a runner when I'm injured." They're like, "You're never more a runner than when you're injured because every every runner gets injured. That's when you're the most like a runner." But one thing that we all say is like, once we're injured for an extended period of time, we say, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna complain when I'm healthy again." Right. Everything's good. like all I want to do is run. I'm not going to complain this time around. And you, you look back with regret the times where you complained when you were healthy. I'm never going to do that again. And yet, right, we get to that point where also we're healthy for an extended period of time and we kind of forget like, all right, like this is our new normal. When you got to the point where like, hey, running consistently now is no longer novel. It's it's the expectation how, when, how did your goals change and how have they changed over the last six months or so once being healthy was no longer the question mark that it had been in the past? Yeah, so I think, um, I mean, I was like, after these the couple bad races, I was like, just, I don't know, super like defeated about um, where I saw myself going with training. Um, but on the flip side, I was having and like hitting workouts that I never ever hit before. So I knew I had, um, some fitness. Um, so I think it was just, um, I always wanted to get, like, I've always had goals, um, goals that I had written down before I got injured in 2019 that I did not get the chance to hit. Um, like my marathon PR, like I know I am so much faster than what my marathon PR shows. Um, what and is, so is I it have... 244.45 or something like that? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I ran that in Houston in 2019. And that was, like, I ran uh, – started, I started CIM before that. And I had to drop out of CIM because I got sick in that race. So I know, just, like, based on fitness and workouts, I know my PR can be so much faster. So I've, I have these goals, and I leave my goals on my mirror in my bedroom. So I see the goals every day. So um, – I always, I've always wanted to get back to those goals. It's just um, my confidence uh, was shot for a while, <laughs> shot for a while. But you know, had they been the same up there for several years now? Some of them have been the same. Um, yeah. Would you mind sharing them? Yeah, I mean, in the marathon, I want to go like two twenty eight, um, and then my half. Uh, so I ran a 112 uh, this past spring, um, and so I really want to get down. And this is like, I mean, this is not like right now, right? My like long-term goals would be down, get down to like uh, probably like 110 if I could, like, um, which seems like a lot. But again, like, I mean, I don't know. I've only, you know, I've been training with James since October of 2020, and then you know, I ran six months later, I ran a, a 72 after coming back from two stress fractures. So if I can just uh, stay healthy, you know, and, you know, keep that confidence in the right spot. Um, I don't know who knows what can happen. Absolutely. No, it is exciting to see. And obviously things are trending in the right direction now. So like, Hey, let's keep, let's keep it going as you have been progressing. And obviously things have really started to pick up steam right now. We talked before you just ran so well in that four milers had a 5k PR on the way in the middle of a, of a race of a different length, which is always kind of a fun thing to do. Um, and something that I've never experienced before, but it sounds <laughs> awesome. Um, besides that, we're also, you're doing it in a time where 
hey, like you're seeing, you know, the, the the women on the track are kicking butt. You're watching the trials and stuff like that. Are you someone who's a fan of the sport generally? Like, were you like keeping abreast of the situation, like before the trials and watching them as they progressed? Or is it something that you kind of distanced yourself from since it wasn't like you were competing in it? Oh, I love like watching the sport. I love, um, I mean, we always watch whenever it's on TV. Um, we always watch it. So I love um, watching all the races and stuff. Um, the only race that was super hard for me to watch was the uh, marathon trials. Um, just because that one I was so close to making it to, I didn't get to go to it. Um, but everything else, like I'm a fan of watching all the girls. I mean, everybody puts in so much work. Um you know, and I think there's like a level of respect of how much work it takes to get to that level. Um, it's kind of cool to see it pay off for people. Yeah, it, it, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it, it really is so exciting to see people who are at the the top of their field compete with other people and and really showcase the, their abilities. That's for sure. Is there a certain event that you that you looked forward to the most for the trials? I mean, I like watching everything. Um, I will say, like. So- I don't know. Like Emily Enfield, I think is like my favorite person to watch because she's from, she's actually from Ohio originally from Cleveland. Uh, she was like a, she doesn't know who I am, but she was like a year older than me. And like, uh, she, so I like grew up and she ran in D2 and I ran in D1. And so like we always knew the infields because they were so good. So I was, I don't know. I like watching, um, certain runners. I like watching all the distances. And then, uh, there were some, previous teammates that I ran with, uh, at Ohio state who were running, um, you know, some, some athletes who qualified to the Olympics. So, um, I don't know. I just, I like watching all the different events, even like the sprints I love watching. Um, so. All right. And I know that for fall marathon announcements, they are, can be, you know, they can be tiered and sometimes you can tell people what you're doing. Other times, if you're an elite athlete, you can't say what you're doing and there's certain timelines associated with it. I guess, firstly, do you know, do you know what your fall schedule looks like? And then we can say, how much can you tell us? Yeah, I have some stuff lined up, um, but I don't think we're still waiting to announce what I'm doing. Gotcha. All right. So, so, but you're, you're well aware of what you got coming up. Yes. Yep. And how does how does that feel having that on a you know you know tied down in the future and like you can really work towards it in a similar way that you had done you know two years ago when you were when things were really clicking? Well, I am super type A, like super type A. So I really like to have it laid out. So it makes me feel uh, really good to have some stuff set in stone. That is so exciting, Molly. Good luck to you. I'm so excited to catch up with you, and obviously. You know, I feel bad for everything that has happened over the past year and a half, but I'm so excited for what you're doing now and what you're going to be doing in the future. Congratulations on coming back from two stress fractures in seven months. And here you are kicking butt again. That's great to see. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. It's always fun. Molly, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was just awesome. If you haven't heard the first conversation with her, go back, check it out. It's in the show notes. You'll see the link there. Uh, Obviously, you can also just search Molly Bookmeyer, Randomly Runner Podcast, and it just comes right up. It's so easy. I really appreciate everybody who listens to this show week in and week out. And if that's you, if you're a subscriber to this show, could you do me a favor? Could you go over to wherever you listen to these shows and rate and review the podcast? It really does help me out, and it only takes 30 seconds of your time. I really appreciate everything you do for the show. Thank you so much for listening, and happy running. 
This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of In Post Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry.